0: Hello, welcome to the Roman League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Rommel. Today's episode, I'm going to look over the Commander's Draft. The team added seven players that will hopefully be contributors over the next few years. The team also addressed some needs, but also had a lot of few positions that, you know, could use some more depth pieces that didn't come away with, you know, some positions I thought really could have been addressed in the 2023 draft. I'm high on Emmanuel Forbes, and I'll dive deeper into that to the first round pick on this pod. Also hit on the Chase Young decision. So with all that, let's get to the pot. All right, starting off the Chase Young decision, that decision came out in a couple of days before running right um, round one of the draft. Chase the guy that's always been high, always been high on. Um, you know, coming out of Ohio State, he was the best defensive prospect in that class. Obviously, he was the best, the first defensive player taken after Joe Burrow. hell of a rookie year for Washington, really turned on the second half of the year, really helped him get to the playoffs in his rookie season. And one defensive player of the year, semi-defensive rookie of the year. Obviously, he didn't start off well the next year, and there was problems, whatever you want to say, that off season between his rookie and second year, Ron did not like how he didn't show up to OTAs, and he was, I guess, filming commercials and stuff, and I don't think it really turned Ron the wrong way, um, and kind of had, like, a, I guess, maybe a negative connotation on Chase, and it didn't help that Chase didn't produce those first eight games or whatever it was before he didn't have to ACL in his second year, and obviously, we know he missed pretty much all last year until the last three games, and he, he played pretty well in three games and get a sack, but, you know, he was... Disruptive, disruptive force in the backfield and someone that I thought looked good. Um, I still I think he's you know, probably the most talented player on this team. Offense or defense, maybe outside of Terry, or uh, you know, someone of that nature. Chase has been one of the best Mets players in the league, and I really truly believe that. They just obviously declined to pick up the option. I disagree with you because I think Chase is going to hit his ceiling. He's got to stay healthy. I think he's going to have a really good year next year. And you're really setting yourself up for a really tough situation with Chase and Montez. I'm trying to be free this next year pretty much the left are, they have to pick between one. They they resigned ron it's gonna be hard to keep all four guys. <clears throat> I think Chase is more talented than Montez. Montez is more healthy, He's gonna be consistently healthy, he's been more than, uh, consistent productive production. Um, I really like Montez as well. I'd love to way to keep both of them, but I just think it's gonna be tough. Obviously I think everyone knows that. I would have picked up the fifth year option just because I think, you know, seventeen mil, you know, is a you know a high number, but it still would have been the lower side of Chase even hits, you know, close to his potential. Even if Chase has eight or nine sacks next year, he's going to be worth that. He would have been worth that fifth-year option. So I know, you know, people say it's the right decision, whatever, just my decision. I think it's – I would have picked it up. I think it leaves the team in a harder situation now that Tim and Montez are both free and after next year. And I think, you know, I think Chase is just someone that has more talent, at least, and more upside than Montez. And I think, you know, Chase could eventually hit that, but – it's also going to be let's see how feelings are hurt i don't know if chase is going to be offended maybe he doesn't want to sign long term with this team even if he has a good year obviously money talks i could change but um i also think maybe ron this is my hypothetical i think i said it goes back to the year after his rookie year no tas i think it really pissed ron off and i think he's kind of held that against chase ever since so I, I think kind of maybe lean that way to why he didn't pick it up i think maybe they had a better relationship maybe they do it just doesn't seem that way anymore he would have, you know, picked up and, but obviously Ron is fighting for his job. I don't think he's going to be here next year, regardless of what he does next year, unless they, you know, win a playoff game. Cause uh, usually owners want to bring their own, you know, coach into the situation and, and management and GM and uh, football president of football operations. So, you know, at that point, I, I really don't think I really, it's unfortunate that Ron is making decisions for this team, when he's probably not going to be here the next year or two anyways, but here they are, you know, Chase is playing for a contract next year. So with Montez, it'll be an interesting decision for this team. Right, moving on to the first round, um, you have Manuel Forbes, you know, 6'1, 166. Obviously, the biggest thing is his weight. He's slender, clearly. I mean, he came to Mississippi State at 150 now he's 165, so he came to about 15 pounds in three years. If he could do that in the NFL, that'd be great. Get him up to 180 by, you know, year two or three. And you have you, you know, he would be a lot more hopefully durable. But even in Mississippi State, he didn't miss any time. Um, he's lanky, great, great ball skill, probably the best ball skills of any core in this class. Obviously, when Gonzalez slipped to them at 16, I thought that was a possibility, but when I was listening to, you know, hearing John Kahn's podcast, apparently, and they didn't like his film against Georgia, and that's, you know, big. You know, Georgia's probably the best point where played can play it all year, and you don't want, you know, Gonzales coming up small in that situation. Forrest played against SEC, you know, all three years. So I, I get the pick. Um, this team needs a playmaker in the secondary, someone that could take the ball away um, and just always has a knack around it. I think Derek Forrest was on the verge of being that last year, and he really did show that. So if you get like Derek Forrest and Emmanuel Forrest in your secondary, that's going to be huge. So um, hopefully Forrest can be a number one corner for this team. They picked him to be that in the first round. And I think he's going to obviously start from day one and make a big impact. I think um, he had a really, you know, solid career at Mississippi State, 14 career interceptions, six career pick, six. Um, he had six interceptions alone last year in his junior year. So um, protection was there, um, skill sets there. So I think it was a really nice pick for watching in the first round. No one really on the board, you know, I thought, you know, had gripes about them picking over. Like I said, maybe Christian Gonzalez, but the linemen, all the tackles were gone. Um, maybe you go Delta Kincaid, but they weren't going to go tight end in the first round. So um, I-, I have no problem with the Forbes pick. In second round, you got Jartavius, you know, Quan Martin from Illinois. Um, playing that nickel roll corner. Um, Buffalo, know I can say can play, can play safety. Um, guy that's really good in the slot. I think another good pick. I know people were upset back to back corners, but uh, Martin, I think, is going to play that Buffalo nickel roll more than you know anyone, really. I think he's going to get more reps there, so Cam Carl can you know focus on safety. Um, and I think Martin's going to be a high-quality you know quality contributor for this team. He uh, a bright future. He's explosive, 44-inch vertical, 4 at 40 so... Another guy I really liked, um, and someone like I think fitting well into Washington defense. Obviously, this leaves a future murky for a guy like Kendall Fuller, who's been a really quality player for Washington. But you know he's going to last year of his deal, and Kendall can play outside in the slot. But I don't see them doing anything with Kendall's contract this offseason. They need him. They can't rely on Benjamin St. Juice to stay healthy. So I think you know, you're going to have Kendall Forbes and Benjamin St. Juice starting. And um, but I think Martin's going to get in too. So it's going to be interesting to see how they distribute playing time, but. I'm sure it's going to take care of itself. There's going to be injuries, and it's the guys, they need depth in the corner room. And in the safety room, they didn't have that last year. That's why I had Christian Holmes and Rashad Wilds had to play early and really, you know, cost some of the team some games early in the season. Third round, they went center, Ricky Stromberg, a pick 97 from Arkansas. Another quality player, good run defender, um a run blocker. Um, athletic for his size. I mean, it's interesting because obviously, as a reporting this podcast, they did officially cut Chase Ruly, which made sense, and they signed Nick Gates to start. So, I, I, I'm assuming Stromberg's gonna be a starter eventually. But you also signed Nick Gates and Ron is at and he's a center as well. So, you know, you're, uh, right now you're, back, you're drafting Stromberg to be a backup. So, but obviously, it's been a war of attrition the center for a while. So, it's good to have a quality guy like Stromberg and Nick Gates to you know hopefully lead the offense from the center position. In the fourth round of pick 18, you have. Um, Ash tackle Brandon Daniels from Utah, really, really athletic guy, uh, played left tackle last year for Utah, but to played a guard as well. It's probably what he's going to fit more in the NFL. Uh, but another quality depth piece, um, someone that's going to, you know, make the team maybe as a swing tackle, um, a second swing tackle. Let's go to Super should be on the team again next year. But, you know, Daniel's obviously can kick inside the to guard too. Maybe he contributes to left guard, but they don't like what they see from Chris Paul and, uh, Sadiq Charles, Andrew is still on the team, but he's going to be cut here shortly, Ron's kind of alluded to much, um, you know, over these last couple of months. In the fifth round, they went defensive end KJ Henry from Clemson. They traded up in the fifth round to get him. Um, Henry's the guy that has a really nice tape with Clemson, opposite uh, Miles McBride. Um, you see Miles Murphy, excuse me. Um, Henry's a guy that's explosive, um, really good bull rush. Um, could use some help on his counter moves, but he's a guy that's probably going to be situated pass rusher for Washington. Um, and they need it. Obviously, like I started this podcast with the Chase and Monta situation, they need depth. Um, they need someone that could eventually probably take one of their spots. I don't think KJ Henry's gonna do that, but at least they could have someone to come in and you know go in the rotation with the FA Obada, Jason Williams, Casey Twohill, replace I Mishaka mean, Shaka Tony, didn't really play much anyways, but he was suspended for gambling, so he's not gonna be part of this team. Um so KJ Henry's gonna just have be a nice body in the room just for someone that the team needs it. I mean he's a good quality player. He's a really good person off the field from all accounts. Um, so I think he was another nice pick in the fifth round and someone that hopefully can contribute and at least you know in situational situations. Uh, at sixth round, you have running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. from Kentucky. Um, he was picked 193. Um, I thought Washington would go running back and then maybe go more for third down, pass catcher style of J.D. McKissick or Jerry McKinnon like the enemy had in Kansas City. Chris Rodriguez is you know, pretty much in the cl- uh, same kind of ilk of, of LFA, Brian Robinson in the same body type as you know, Tony Gibson, but um, Rodriguez is a guy that's not really a pass catcher, um, tough in between the tackles like a Brian Robinson. So he's going to make the team, I think, because he's going to kind of replace that Jonathan Williams role. Williams is back, but I see Rodriguez is pretty much a Jonathan Williams uh, replacement and someone that's basically just a younger version of him. So you, you, someone that you know, can provide depth in the sixth round and you know give you some quality carries in case something happens to Brian Robinson or Gibson. The seventh round, another address for Andre Jones from uh, junior from Louisiana, second straight year. They picked a Louisiana player after taking Percy Butler in the fourth round last year. Um, another guy that's kind of a toolsy type, you know, has a lot of, he has a lot of length. So, that could really um, maybe develop into something to maybe give you a guy that can produce, you know, five sacks ish a year um, in a situational pass rusher role. Um, obviously, you have to fight to make the team of the seventh rounder um but obviously he has a shot like a, the defense end room is you know a little bit you know low on depth i mean two hills should make it jason with williams um, william bradley Kingston on the team obviously kj henry the fifth round pick so um I, they're obviously looking for depth behind chase and montez my favorite pick with Mano forbes um again he was a guy that i really liked at mississippi state someone that i you know thought could someone be interested in him and, and I, I mentioned him a little bit on my mock draft podcast but um I know Joey Porter, but it seemed like, obviously, Joey Porter is not a good scheme fit. You don't want another William Jack situation. I thought Porter um, just was talent-wise one of the top corners of the class. He ended up going to Pittsburgh in the second round with the first pick in the second round. But, you know, Forbes, you know, fits his you own know, hybrid you know coverage role that Washington wants. And you know, Forbes fit to a T to that. So and again, the biggest scene of the reason he get drafted is the ball skills. I mean, I don't know if everyone should probably see that highlight right now where he picked off a screen from O'Levis, Kentucky, and just purely, purely instincts and and um, you know, film study. Because obviously he saw something, jumped in and took it to the house. And that's you know, beautiful to see a guy that young that, you know, takes you know, takes film study that serious. So that's why I really like Forbes in the first round. Um they went line. They went running back. But, again, I would have probably tried to go more towards a tackle. Wasn't really an option the first round. I think Brady was going to go into guard. So they picked two interior line with those two. But, you know, obviously you can't get everything in the draft with seven picks. Uh, maybe they kind of look for some, you know, lesser free agents here these next couple weeks to kind of bring us some competition for the Washington um, offensive line situation. There's been some free agent signings around the league since the draft ended. And you guys like Donovan Smith went to um, – the Chiefs, so maybe there's someone else they can come, maybe it'd be a guard, at least compete um, with. Uh, I don't want to say compete with Charles Leno because Leno's going to be the guy, but they definitely do need a left tackle in the future. And um, really, left guard is the number one, I think, position to need on this team right now if they're not confident in a City Charles or a um, Chris Paul. Both two young guys. City Charles has shown promise, but he's been hurt a lot. Chris Paul's a seventh round pick. Um, so someone that, you um, know, definitely has some upside but he was a 7th round pick for a reason but he did show really well in camp and in practice last year and you know played pretty well against dallas that last game of the year um obviously have some roster decisions decisions coming up they already cut chase rullier and i think andrew Norwell is in the chopping block Kendall fuller obviously is a name to consider but i just don't see how they can cut him i don't think they can rely on him, him Saint juice full time i like Saint juice a lot he's played really well he has been available but the last two it's for only two years in the nfl he's ended the season with an injury pretty much and missed at least the last you know five or six games of each season so um i just don't think you can rely on him to be a full year starter so you got to have a guy like kendall who provides versatility and leadership and you know had a pretty nice year last year obviously struggled in i think the first four or five games in my opinion but really finished the season strong he had two pick sixes um and really just a consistent constant pro that you know really good to have in the defense um so again i think hopefully they keep him and obviously it doesn't look good for him to be here in 2024 but um you know we'll take that as it as it comes and you know hopefully we'll be still be really quality contributor for washington in 2023 uh you have a lot of guys coming up from free agency next year so a lot of guys are fighting for contracts you have chase montez cam curl uh logan thomas um antonio gibson i mean that's the list goes on and on, and so I mean, there's going to be a lot of hey, Cody Barney on you know, a one-year deal. So that could hopefully, you know, bring some good out of this team because everyone's playing for that next contract. But you know, it could be a little selfish sometimes too if guys are just looking to put up stats. So um, I hope they get some of those guys done before free agency. I mean, before the season starts, Cam Crow, my number one guy, get done right now. He's so vital to this defense. Plays the the line. Can play both safety positions. Playing the slot. He can do literally everything. And everything time this team has missed him. They pretty much lost every game he has missed, and so he's a vital, vital part of this defense that needs to be taken care of. And someone they put around this defense uh, based on his youth and just have, you know ability to constantly make plays and really just be—he I mean, wore the green dot last year for a game to call the defense. And then, you know it's really, really rare to rely on a safety for that, especially a seventh-round safety. Um, so I think he's number one of on my lists. Then you got Chase Ramontez, depending on who they pick. I don't think either of them are going to want to deal before next year. I get that they're going to want to put another year of film out there and try to you know build their value as much as possible. So. Um, I think Gibson's another guy that should look back up long-term, at least as a compliment to Robinson, but you know, he might want a feature role next year somewhere else, and that's possible. So, um, but I expect I really, really have high hopes for Gibson next year. I think they have a really nice year under um, B'Enemy. Be I think is going to use him in that Jared McKinnon role, and he should you know, hopefully get you know, 100, 150 touches, um, hopefully more than that actually between rushing and receiving, because um, I think he's a really, really athletic player. He um, hasn't quite reached his ceiling here in Washington. Um, obviously, you know, quick little depth chart, Sam Howe's a quarterback and they didn't, you know, look at quarterback at all in this draft class. They were interested in Hen and Hooker, but he wasn't available in the third round when they were comfortable taking him. So it's going to be the Sam Howell show. I have, I've talked about Sam on this podcast before. Um, I think Sam can be a quality quarterback in the NFL, but, you know, might take some time. Um, may never be a top tier quarterback, but if he can be solid at a high level, this team can win, you know, eight or nine games again. Um, and obviously you have Jacoby Brissett to fall back on in case Howe falters. Um, running back, you have Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, now Chris Rodriguez, solid group. Receivers are probably the best position group on this team um, outside of the defensive line. Terry, Jahan, Curtis, De'Ami Brown. They signed Marcus Campanasi from the Chiefs, D- Dax Milne. Really interested to see if one of these undrafted leaders, um can come in and take that return role because Dax Milne is not a good power returner, in my opinion. Tight end-wise, you have some depth. Maybe not a star, but maybe Logan can get back to 2020. Um a season and get back to that after his ACL injury, but obviously if John Bates could block a tight end three intriguing young guys in Curtis Hodge, Rogers, and Curtis um, Hodges, Jamani Rodgers, and Cole Turner. Really, really excited to see Cole Turner. Just want him to, you know, stay healthy and, you know, I think he has a really, really bright future as a pass catcher in this league. His blocking can be improved on, but I think he can be a good pass catcher from that tight end position. Obviously at line, you got Leno, left tackle, the left guard competition, Nick Gates at center, Cosmi at right guard, Andrew Wiley at right tackle. It's gonna be a better group the next year. Might not. I still don't think it's elite. It definitely isn't, but um, it's gonna be better than next year. I think they could, have, you know, try to get some more high quality players than what they got, but it should at least, you know, have something to go on and at least keep Sam Howell upright for the most part. Um, good backup now at center, Brady Schromberg. Whoever does the left guard job will be a backup between Chris Paul and Sadiq um, Charles. Um, Cornelius Long is always a really good swing tackle, and they have like Brand Daniels as well. Um, so there's at least some quality pieces there. Defensive the line, the studs of Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Ron Payne, Jonathan Allen, um, Fedarian Mathis. Hopefully, we back and healthy yet. coming into a second year. The former second round pick, John Ridway also a defensive tackle. And I've already mentioned the backup bed rusher. So I'm um, hoping it's a group that continues to get better. Linebackers are going to be a need. I think obviously Jamie Davis. I would really expect to have a really nice year next year. He had a good, really good year year two after you know a downward a down rookie year when people thought he was a bus. And I think he's only going to build on that and hopefully be a really, really good player for this team going forward. I have a lot of high hopes for Jamin. Um, Cody Barnum looks like he's going to take on the Cole Holcomb role as a middle linebacker. He had a good second half of the year for Seattle. Um, hopefully he can build on that, especially behind a better defensive line that he was you know, with in Seattle. If they need linebacker depth. They didn't draft one. They have Milo left for Akiliki Hudson right now, um, David Mayo. Could really look to use someone else just for depth purposes. At corner, um, now Emmanuel Forrest, Interman St. kind Kendall Fuller, um, Cameron Dancer, I thought was an underrated pickup from the Warriors, off of, the Warriors, Jesus, from the Vikings, off waivers. Um, and then uh, they still have Christian Holmes, Danny Johnson, Rashad Wild Goose. And then in the safety, you may have Cam Curl, um, Derek Forrest, Quan Martin, Percy Butler, Jeremy Reeves. So, really, really good safety group as well on this team. Um, I think it's probably the, the third strongest position group besides receiver and uh, defensive line. So, in um, up special teams, I think they should bring in a kicker. I don't think Joey Sly should really be handling the job again. He's had too many struggles. But let us see them bring in the kicker to compete with Sly because I don't really know if they should rely on him again um, from the get go. And I have Tress Way and Cameron Cheeseman are two of the best in their position in the NFL. Um, so, really little quick run on the depth chart, but I, mean, I think it's what the team is looking at right now. Hopefully, they can make a few. You know, Knicks, you know, here and there to provide some depth, especially a linebacker. Um, so with that, that concludes our league episode. 2023 draft is in the books, and we're headed to OTAs and minicamps in the coming weeks and months. Ricky minicamp starts next Friday. Hopefully this team will be built and lay the groundwork for a successful 2023 season during this offseason program. The best news to come over the next few months will be the team sale. I think every fan is going to rejoice when it's the first little dance night or the first out of town. And they can, you know, hopefully have a new owner in Josh Harrison, you know, look to build a new stadium and really just hopefully build, build and continue to build and bring positive vibes for organization that has lacked it for the last 20, 25 years. Anything is possible after that team sale. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.